everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Michigan State Champs Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Davis. David Jolkowski, the head coach at Bloomfield High School, is here alongside me as my co-host. And today we have the head coach of Pioneer's Boys and Girls Swim, Stephanie Kurska. Today we'll look back at their 2020 state championship, her girls won, and get some insight on the upcoming boys season. So coach, you've been a coach for the last 25 years and six years have been at Pioneer. 25 years ago, where was your interest sparked in coaching? Wow. So I really didn't have any aspirations to coach. Um, I, I graduated, went to grad school, got my MBA and was all set to um, hit the business um, world running. And they needed coaches and I did it kind of part-time and I just really got hooked early on and um, just decided to make that my career path. And so reflecting back on your background, were you a swimmer in high school or college? I was. I actually moved to Michigan at the start of my high school season and my dad flew me out and had me visit three different teams and let me decide where our family would move to based on where I wanted to swim. So not your typical moving story, but I chose Pioneer for Denny Hill. And it's kind of funny how it's come full circle for me. And so you won the D1 Coach of the Year. Who are some of the people that helped you to achieve this award? Wow, um, so many, especially this year in particular, and also in just trying to build the program. So, you know, I'll start with my assistant, Pat Zakrizik, who's been unbelievable. He has incredible strengths where I am weak. And so we make, I think, a really great team. We've had a wonderful grad assistant who's studying neuroscience at Michigan. Uh, She was a swimmer at Oakland that's come on as our volunteer assistant, who's been amazing. And then, you know, our administration has been really supportive and has been a source of, of great help and sort of inspiration for us. And, you know, our parents are also really supportive and just take care of everything except for the coaching. So it just makes it a dream for me. You've got this great support group and and you come off last year's statement at Holland, just a couple, you know, half a point, if memory serves me right. You guys do as a coaching staff. I'm sure the second you guys got in the van that day until this year where you guys have this dominating performance, what what did you do over the last year to get ready for it? How'd you motivate the kids? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's one of those things where, you know, I had so many people come to me and, you know, say, we're so sorry about that half point loss. I don't think anything better could have happened to us than that. Um, It's one of those things that the girls swam so well and they knew they had left everything in the pool. It was a great feeling. We had, you know, come so far and done really well. So there wasn't really you know, there was never this like bitterness, we're going to get it next year. It was just this very focused and, you know, they, they just knew what they wanted and they wanted to get better. And, you know, if that meant, you know, winning States the next year or, you know, winning it in, in dramatic fashion or whatever it was, 
they have the mindset that they just want to get better. And if that means they lose by a half point, so be it. If it means they win by a hundred points, so be it. But that's really the key to this group's success is that they're most interested in growth and getting better. That's terrific. And you guys, you guys got uh, some young talent coming back again next year, correct? Yeah, we do. We, um, we kind of hit the jackpot with, uh, a few freshmen and, and Stella Chapman um, in particular, who's just kind of elevated our training group this year to a new level. And Coach Stephanie, you served as a manager for the Team USA the last for the last decade. You were part of the Pan Pacific Championship that took place in Australia, 2016 Rio Olympic Games, and a lot of other very impressive events. What is one of the coolest stories that you have from being a manager for Team USA? You know, it's it's a tremendous honor. And I I have so many cool stories and I try not to bore my kids with all of them because they soon they're not even going to remember this the swimmers, right? And it's going to be like one of those fish stories. But it, it was an incredible experience. I actually had the um, honor of escorting Michael Phelps to opening ceremonies. The swimmers usually aren't allowed to go because our swimming starts the very first day of the Olympics. So opening ceremonies is like you get bussed into the stadium, then there's a holding section, then, you know, all these countries have to walk out. You're basically walking slow for like an hour until you finally make it into the stadium. So um, he got chosen as the flag bearer and he needed someone to go with him because as soon as he dropped the flag off, we kind of headed towards an exit, had a car waiting for us, and we went back to the village so he could rest up for his events. So that's got to be in one of the top highlights um, for me is is doing that. I, I can remember watching uh, watching the opening <laughs> ceremonies, and I'm like, I know her. I know who that is. That uh, Just such a neat experience for you. I'm sure to be part of opening ceremonies. How cool. Yeah. Um, you know, through, you know, through all your experiences, I, I can remember when you were at Michigan coaching with Jim, uh, I was, I was over at Eastern at the time, um, you know, just a great coaching group there. I mean, you come out of high school, you know, swimming for Denny and then, you know, you, through your work experience, you're working with Jim Richardson and and even John Urbanacek, um, you know, just had to be some amazing experiences for you. Uh, any one moment or experience um, that you learned from with them that you share with your pioneer team now? I mean, I, there's too many to even name. Um, Jim and John both still come to my practices when they are around. Um, I make sure we take pictures and and they um, always address the team. And really everything that they've kind of did while I was swimming, because I swam for both of them and the coaching that I learned from them, I use something every day. I mean, one of Jim's favorite sayings was, you know, um, dance the last dance with the person that brought you. You know, there's always this, you know, urge to kind of try, you know, something really different and, you know, branch out and do something. And, you know, he was always like, you know, we've done things a certain way up to this point. Let's stay consistent with that. And um, I think from John, I just really learned how important it is to get to know your athletes and, you know, with all the knowledge that he has and all of the, um, 
things he's brought to, you know, physiology and workouts and colors and all of these things, probably the best thing I've learned from him is how to get to know your athlete, how to be able to motivate your athlete, how to get the most out of your athletes. And, you know, Bob Bowman was another one that I got to work with who, you know, taught me never to get outworked by my um, athletes, you know, just a huge work ethic. And that's something I think of all the time. And then, you know, I have a picture of Denny Hill on my desk when I walk into my office every day. And, you know, the one thing I want to bring back to that program was, was what the feeling I got for swimming for Denny, which was just, we can do anything. So that's, you know, I've, I've had tremendous mentors and they're still, John and Jim were the first people I called when we got, when we knew we were going to come back and we had 11 days, you know, how nice is it to call those two guys and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You know? Yeah. So, it had to be, I, did, I mean, it's a great phone call. I, I, I find myself trading off emails with, with Peter Lynn every now and again. And, and I know how valuable those three were together. You know, I, I watched them when I was training at Eastern and I got a lot of funny stories about this stuff. John used to tell us when we would, a couple of times I got to train with them, but um, you know, as, as you bring that back in, you know, I, I think the relationship piece is so huge. Um, Got to be some great stories with the, with the girls. Like you said, when you're training now with the boys. The love of the game draws us to sports as players, coaches, spectators, and officials. For officials, it's a way to stay in the game they once played, to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform, stepping out of the playing surface, hustling to make the call, and building the relationships which can only be built in sports. If you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. What, what do you see, I guess, similarities or differences coaching college and then coaching high school? What, what have you taken from one another? How do you approach it? Right. Well, I just know the way I approach it is, you know, what would I want freshmen to know going into college? You know, how would I want to prepare them, whether they swim or not? We talk a lot about how, you know, swimming is just kind of an example of, you know, you can doesn't matter if it's, you know, calculus or a job interview or, you know, a swim meet, the process and that you go through is the same. And so I really think about what is it that I want, you know, what do I want my own kids and what do I want for them walking onto a college campus? What should they know? How, how can they empower themselves to have, you know, a great college experience, whether it's, it's in the water or not. And, some of that I, I learned, um, I was in a coaching summit for 25 years with uh, Jill Sterkle and Terry McKeever and um, 10 or 12 different division one coaches. And Terry McKeever at Cal taught me a long time ago to um, not micromanage your kids. And, you know, when they ask a question and they're able to figure it out, you tell them, you know, figure it out. I'm not going to just hand you the answer. I want you to do a little digging. I want you to, you know, empower yourself and, and find the answer. And so that's sort of how I approach things is if, you know, whether a kid is walking on deck or walking on campus, what do I want them to know and, and how do they carry themselves? 
Yeah. So valuable. I mean, you gotta, it's not just about the swimming and diving and we love what we do, but yeah, those life lessons when they walk away are just incredible. And I, I think you got just such a great perspective on things with your background. It's awesome. Very cool. Before we continue, I talked about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back, everybody. Coach Kurska, you are an Ann Arbor Pioneer graduate. When did the opportunity open up for you to take over the boys and girls programs? So I had uh, left coaching Michigan in 2012. And I, I want to say it was like two or three years later, I, I wanted to do something completely different. Um, I started baking at Zingerman's. I became a baker, like, you know, the whole thing, the white apron and shoving, you know, bread into the ovens. And I just wanted to do something completely different and just learn something and new and, and kind of get away from all of that for a little while. And um, I remember it was like a Sunday night and the phone rings and it's Denny Hill. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like what? <laughs> what could what could he want like I just like my heart started pounding and he called and said I'm going to retire from the boys and I want you to consider taking it and you know I thought it was going to be a two-minute phone call and he proceeded to tell me about every single kid on the team and how what they were like and what they had to offer and what he thought they could do and by the end of the phone call I'm like okay I'm so so I'll apply. So, um, you know, so if, if it hadn't been for Denny, I don't think I, I would have even have thought about it. So Steph, how's, uh, how's the start of boys season going for you? It's actually been really great. I've just found both the boys and the girls to be so receptive to everything. Just thankful that they're together and thankful for the opportunity and for the routine um, we're big on process and, and really thorough preparation and they really just miss that, you know? So I think because they don't get it in school and class and, and those type of things, they've just, um, really taken to it this year. And it's almost like I need to hold them back a little bit more this year than ever before, because they are just so, um, pumped and, and ready to go. It's, it's been awesome. That's great. What, uh, any changes you've made training wise, I guess we'll start with first. Yeah. So what, what we did, um, is we, I did what you call reverse periodization. Usually, um, you know, you'll start with like an aerobic base and, and really start, increasing the stress and doing that. And what we did was reverse periodization. So I started with speed work um, and we did about 10, 12 days of just pure speed and power. And we ended up at our first meet. We broke three varsity records. I think. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they, I mean, they, 
because I just, I knew from girls season, I don't know when we're going to get shut down. I don't know when we're going to have the quarantine. I don't know who's going to be missing. So we are going for cuts and seed times right from the get-go. I'm coming through swim cloud. And I, I think everybody kind of has that perspective. I'm watching kids, you know, 142, you know, 200 freestyle and a bunch of kids, you know, sub 440 in the five. Do you think it's everybody just having that approach or do you think with all this downtime we've had, do you think training's changed and it, that's what's making it happen? I mean, I definitely think, and, and I've had this discussion with, with collegiate coaches. I definitely think training is going to have, you know, be changed after this, because I mean, the trend has been, let's see how little we can do and get the best results, you know, or, or, you know, how we can really make, you know, each minute count. And so, you know, I do think the kids are not, you know, just flattened and tired and exhausted and they're able to, you know, um, really put some good performances in. Um, I also think, I mean, I think it's ideal not being in school, at least for us, <laughs> you know, they leave morning workout, they go home, they eat, they put their feet up and they're in class and then come back, you know, I mean, 14 to 17 year old boys are like gargling and growth hormones. So that's all the rest they need and they're ready to come back. So for us, it's just been an ideal situation training wise. Yeah. I mean, we saw that too with, with our girls, you know, just going home, being in a little bit more of a comfortable environment, probably eating a little bit better or, you know, taking care of themselves a little bit more, not being around all the germs. Um, you know, touch on that training a little bit more, you know, long-term here as, as we get out of all this and return to normal, you know, are we going to, we going to see coaches dumping the big yardage and, and getting focused on power and speed, do you think? Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, I still say I probably do less yardage than anyone in my conference. Um, we do a lot of quality work. When you're talking about mostly 50s and 100s, right? You have a few kids that go up to the two and the five. Um, you're talking about explosive power work that, you know, a lot of yardage is just going to be detrimental to that. So especially for high school, I think, you know, um, you know, popping suits on every now and then when kids feel good, just to see what, what happens. You know, we were the anti-suitors for the longest time. It took my girls a long time to come to terms that you may have to put a suit on to get some decent seed times. You know, I've always been so against it and we didn't need to do it, but you know, now who cares when they're getting their best time? I don't, you know, if they get it in you know, February or March or whenever they have an opportunity to do it, especially those kids being recruited, we wanted them to have the opportunity to do it. We had a one meet where I let a lot of our girls go 200s. Um, I know Stella went 158 in the two back. I mean, those are times that they're going to need going forward and they may not have the opportunity to do them for a while. So, um, you know, I, I do think training is going to change and I've seen that trend collegiately, um, you know, a lot more power work, um, clustering a lot more, uh, race pace and, and quality work together. Um, I, from what I always hear with the yardage that people love to do over Christmas training, I'm not sure it's trickled down to high school just yet. No, no, I, I, I think it's, it is, we're going to see so many changes, um, looking forward to it. I mean, it's always fun evolving, um, with, with the shorter season, I mean, we're just, I mean, we're weeks away here before a few teams start tapering. 
what are you doing, uh, you know, for team bonding and energy and kind of getting, getting the guys focused? You know, uh, we have such a great core group. I have, we have actually, we run three practices a day. I run two with one group and then we have another developmental group that we run. So everyone's really comfortable in, in the group they're in. I really haven't had to do all that much. Um, the hardest thing is keeping them six feet apart (laughs) by far. That's the hardest thing to do, but you know, we spend 18 hours a week together. So they're just kind of having a ball training and being in the weight room and, and, uh, going to meets. That's, it's really been a luxury for them. Cool. Very cool. Um, any meets you guys are looking forward to, you got any, you know, invites or quads or just a dual meet you're getting excited for? Yeah, we look forward to every single one. I, I'm like glued to the weather to make sure that we're going to have our Thursday night meet because um, we're just we just look forward to race and and we're able to kind of put our kids in different places and I want to see you know if if anyone's got any surprise events. So we we sort of look forward to each Thursday um, as if it's our last last meet. And like I said, we've got guys that every week are gunning for cuts. So it makes it really exciting. Cool. What about, you know, races, any, any big races you got some young guys coming up or, you know, some of your seniors that you're looking forward to, to seeing them race. Yeah. Matt Siegel was one of those guys. He was 54 on the breaststroke in our first meet. So he's, he's looking really good. Jack Wilkening, who I actually swam with his dad, um, was 50 point in the backstroke at our first meet. So those two guys will be fun, fun to watch um, as, as we go forward. And, you know, like I said, we just have a a really good core group of guys that is, that are looking to do some really fun things this year. That's great. What about uh, any, anybody else out there on the radar for you? Anybody you're, you're looking at either a team or maybe a specific athlete that your guys are looking forward to watching or racing? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, West Ottawa's always great. We were even thinking of maybe trying to see if we could get a meet with them. They're always, you know, sort of the team to watch and the team to beat. So, you know, we'll we'll look forward at least having them at um, to race at state meet. You know, that's that's usually the ones we we look towards. And Celine is always tough, and they're in our conference, so we we always you know are able to keep a real close eye on them. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. it. It's certainly been a roller coaster of a year for all of us. It, it was fun being on deck with you, girls state meet and, and, you know, just congratulations on, on the great accomplishment and looking forward to seeing your boys race here the rest of the way and, and look, looking forward to seeing you at state meet. Thank you. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Michigan state champs poolside podcast. This podcast is presented to you by Lawrence technological university. Poolside is also brought to you by the MHSAA, promoting the value and values of educational athletics, and by the DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan, the only freestanding rehabilitation center in Southeast Michigan solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation. Once again, I'm your host, Sarah Davis, joined by David Jolkevsky and Stephanie Kurska, the boys and girls head coach at Pioneer. Just keep swimming, everybody. Mm-hmm.